okay. So you guys tell me if this is too stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have to ask, <laughs> I like how this is starting. <laughs> Sold. Um, they're just three amigos making their way in the crazy old world of software as a service. Welcome to Founder Quest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the hackathon, guys. Cool. Okay. So last week uh, we had a our first ever Honey Badger hackathon, and the idea was that we would take a break from working on our from our mundane lives, you know, working on error tracking, uptime tracking, stuff like that, and work on something completely different to kind of clear out the cobwebs and have a little fun. Yeah, we, we chose to build a, a product in Elixir and Phoenix because we don't really um, use those too often. So it's a nice chance to do something different. Mm-hmm. So, so what what do we hope to achieve by doing this? I like what was what was the goals? So I think like just I mean mainly have fun. Um, one of the things I really liked about the um, the hackathon was we also this was like the first thing we did coming back from like a uh, like what like a three week vacation for Christmas over which we I think we all worked on an Elixir. Uh, like a Udemy course. So it was kind of a chance to practice some of the stuff we learned in the course and kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, that was nice. That, project. So are we going to do that vacation like all the time? Like, yeah, is that going to be a regular so. thing? We'll break it up by hackathons, but otherwise I'm cool with just being on vacation. Okay. Can we have like a hackathon driven company? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think would so. We be, would, we, would, we be, would we be like hip then? Would we be popular? Probably. What do you think, Ben? Can we be more popular? I mean, you know, <laughs> there, there are limits, right? Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't want to brings, uh, fly too the close to the sun. Let's uh, let's think back to so we we first were we're talking about the hackathon at uh, one of our conclaves. Like, if you don't know us, um, we um, work remotely. We do everything in Slack and stuff, but we meet up uh, once a quarter for what we call conclaves at an undisclosed location in uh, Western Washington. Yeah, so we went through lots of different ideas for the hackathon. Who was it that uh, came up with the, the the idea we went with? Um, I think it might have been Ben. We were we were kind of talking about like the model of um, deploying the applications that we're we're interested in building. And I think you know we were talking about um, things that are easy to do like on site or on a single server if they're like a self hosted type thing, and uh, that's kind of what led us to um, to talking about Elixir and stuff. But I think it was Ben that came up with the. Yeah, I think you know we we do a lot in our in our day job with high traffic you know sites, right? And we do a lot of processing. And one thing that was was really interesting was like as far as Elixir is concerned, is that the high concurrency that it can support. And so we're like, oh, what can we what can we build that would be interesting? That would be you know kind of in our wheelhouse, but but still kind of fun. And you know we did that, like you said, we did the Elixir over the Christmas break, but uh, we also did the the advent uh, advent of code. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, the. I didn't finish that. Yeah, that well, I didn't finish it either. But, I, expected. <laughs> I did like we two. Have to talk about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we we yeah, definitely yeah. started with the right intentions, right? We, I, I know that like for me, I was like doing them first in Ruby, and then I would do it in Elixir and see how different it was. You know, mm-hmm. you know, having having the idea to play with that, I think, was a lot of the fun motivation behind the hackathon. Yeah. So eventually, I think Ben was like, "Let's uh, build a, a segment replacement because we use segment um, to send." various well well, segment is sort of like works kind of like a repeater right you send uh events that happen to your users you send your user data to segment and then it sends out to um, your vast array of third-party services that consume that data like intercom like i think we use mix panel we use drip Mm -hmm. um maybe google analytics i don't know 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it costs a lot of money, right? Yeah, it costs a lot of money. Well, a fair amount of money. Um, it depends how much. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but seeing like, we, we basically only use it to uh, broadcast requests to other services. Right. So it yeah. seems like it should be pretty cheap, but it's not pretty cheap. And we've had, yeah, we've had some trouble. We, we've we've been, yeah, we've, we've talked about kind of, you know, building some sort of internal thing to do this for us. Um, just because we're really not, we're not fully utilizing its full capability yet either. Because um, really what, I mean, like, I think, the core of what it is is like a, a centralized customer information database and, and warehouse really. Um, and then it handles, like you said, sending all those events to all the different places, um, like third party software as a service tools and things, even to the point where like it can even like replay events, which I think is kind of a cool feature that we're not using at all. So is it, is it actually a database though? Can you go in and, and query your users straight into segment? Well, one of the, one of the destinations that you can configure is like a Postgres database, yeah. right? Which, which we do, we, we dump them into Postgres. So yeah, you can go and, and query the events. But yeah. I think one of the things that was interesting about using that as a, as a hackathon project was that it was, it's very similar to what we do, right? We take in a bunch of events and we spit them out to different places like Slack or you know uh, GitHub issues or whatever. And so we thought, hey, we kind of know what this is like. We can we can build something that will take in events and spit out things. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, so we didn't end up replacing Segment. Uh, <laughs> A note for future hackathon planners. Yeah, you probably can't duplicate a, a complex product uh, built by a whole team of people with a couple guys working a week. Yeah, and 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 I guess we should qualify like what our hackathon was because I think some people might think when you say hackathon, I think oh, like you start on a Friday and it's Red Bull fueled, you know, craziness until Monday morning, you know. Uh, but but ours is nothing like that, right? We yeah. we just did it during the week. Yeah, it was just a normal work week. Working hours. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You guys did. I was I was chugging the Red Bull. I was like, where, where well, is everybody? That explains a lot. So we kind of divided up the responsibility. I, I ended up doing sort of the the back end routing of the the requests as they come in and sort of fanning them out to different notifiers that would send the request then on to intercom to drip to stuff like that. Ben worked on deployment and Josh worked on the API sort of intake side of things. Um, and also I worked on the uh, the notifiers as well. But I, f- I feel like Josh sort of did the most research and had the best grasp of all of us into the sort of problem domain. Yeah, what I started with was um, was working out like the data model, which kind of helped a lot with that. Segment is really awesome in their documentation in that they share a lot about how they do things on the back end anyway. So they have a really amazing uh, API spec, which kind of outlines how their data model works. And um, I borrowed mostly from that. Um, but did a few interesting things to kind of make it faster for us just so we could get more decoding and not trying to figure out the whole domain and, and architecture and everything. I think one of the things that you did that was really cool, talking about the, the API and stuff, was that you, you built those JSON schema documents. Oh, that was really think, nice. Yeah, that really helped, I think, make it really smooth to build out the code once you had that in place. Yeah, yeah, the JSON schema, um, they weren't... Should, should we explain a little bit what we actually did? Sure, yeah, I can um, basically, um, like I mentioned, there's there's a nice API spec that Segment has on their website. It's got, you know, like example payloads of like the kind of things that you can send to Segment, which is basically what models your customer data. So if you think like... I'm a person that's coming to your uh, to your website or your app. Like I'm, I've signed up and I'm using your app, and you want to tell you know your all of the tools you use that I just showed up and and logged in. You can send an event to segment called identify, which basically includes a bunch of information that you have about me, um, like my email address and and that sort of stuff. 
that creates like the customer record. Um, and then that from there, segment would forward it on to drip or intercom or any of the other tools we're using. And so these events are kind of the core of the data model. They basically like describe everything that could happen with a customer in your product. And JSON schemas are handy for basically describing the model of what that data is. So the data is modeled in JSON. So it's, you know, basically just key values and objects and stuff. And JSON schema is a uh, standard that you can use to describe JSON data. It's like a structured format. So you basically like define what each property in your JSON object is. And, um, and from there, you can actually like run it through a validator that would check your actual data object against the schema. And if it doesn't match up, it'll throw an error. Yeah, so, so the idea is that um, if, if you submit a bad API request, uh, it'll just reject it outright instead of sending it on to the model layer or further code that then errors because it was wrong. You, yep. you basically validate it when it comes in. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's the, once I had the schemas, which kind of helps make sure we, we understand what the data model is, then the next step was to, uh, I added a little, actually, I found this little um, Elixir package called XJSON schema. And um, luckily, it pretty much did all the work for me to actually like take an object and verify it against a schema. I plugged, I put that into a little, uh, in Phoenix, I put it into a plug, which is kind of like a middleware that when a request comes in, I can actually just run that payload through the schema validator. And if it was wrong, then it would return an error to the user, basically. I, I went into this not really knowing much about Elixir, um, not much about OTP, which is the sort of foundations that Elixir and Erlang applications are built on. And I found it really fascinating to learn about all this. It was, it was a bit hectic at first. At first, I felt like well, I'm not making any progress at all. This is incredibly slow. Like, why am I doing this? But it actually helps to uh, know the, the language and the platform that you're using um, before trying to, to build things in it. Eventually, by the end of the week, I was actually surprised at how, like, how quickly we were able to stand up. I wouldn't call it a product, but a, a robust system. At, by the end of it, we had a system that would take an events, process them. Where for any given user, um, you always use the same queue, and events always went in the same order, so that you didn't have the problem where the same user sends events in and they get assigned to two different queues, but one queue is running faster than the other, so then they get processed out of order. I was just, I was super impressed by. Um, by Erlang and, and Elixir by the end of the week. Yeah, I really like the code that you came back with, like the repeater code, we, which is what we ended up calling it. It like, didn't seem like a whole lot of actual code that was written, but like what it actually did was kind of crazy to me. Like, um, like the way it, it basically had kind of like, what was it, like a routing system that would uh, control the flow, basically, of data through the, through the repeater system. Yeah, it used a, a built... I guess it's not built in, it's a package, but it's called uh, GenStage, which lets mm -hmm. you process streams of data um, in a way that, that takes into consideration the fact that processing doesn't happen immediately. It was all, it was all pretty cool. What were you going to say, Ben? One of the things that I thought was, was neat, one of the things that we thought was interesting about going with Elixir for this was, you know, we're used to the idea in, in, the, in the Ruby land of you take in some work, you shove it into a sidekick queue, and then you have a job somewhere that's processing it, right? The only problem is that you have to now worry about Redis, right? You got to keep that up and you got to deploy it and so on. But the thing that I think is really cool about how Star did this is that it's all self-contained, right? You're, you're running the application and it's, it's handling that, queuing that processing just in one place. So you can reason about what's going on more easily and you can handle the back pressure that happens, you know, when 
when you're trying to deliver to a target that can't handle it as fast as works coming in. I thought that was pretty neat. Like for our main product, Honey Badger, we do stuff mostly in Ruby. We work in AWS. Any given system that we push up, we may have several separate services that support it. Like we may have a data store, we may have caching. And it's, it's just kind of crazy to me that um, in Elixir and Erlang, you can put all of that or a lot of it into the application itself. That's just really cool to me. Mm-hmm. By the end of the week, we had, um, what, like two uh, two actual destinations done, Drip and Intercom? Yeah, know? that was it. We had uh, two yeah. destinations up. We could handle... Um, well, started Postgres, too. Did I? Oh, my God. I forgot about That's that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. I yeah, totally Friday, did yeah, Friday, you just busted out the... I was, it was all the yeah. Red Bull. It just... That's right. <laughs> exactly. I was in a in a, a, a Red Bull fueled haze of, of productivity. Yeah, yeah. So by the end of the week, I think um, so. We had two events, two types of events done, which I think are the kind of the main two. We had the identify event that I mentioned, um, which is like basically telling the system that a user exists and that they're you know that they're here, um, and then a track event, which is like um, actually like telling the system when a user performs an action, and that's where it gets really interesting. Is sending those the, this data to other systems like Drip or Intercom because those systems will use these events to do things like um, like an intercom, for instance, when someone uh, signs up, we start triggering like various onboarding actions, like emails and stuff that go out to them. And that's all handled through events. So that's like the end result of this data co- coming through our system and going out to these sources. Uh, yeah, on the actual destination side, we had Drip, Intercom, Postgres. We had a, uh, I forgot to mention the debugger that we uh, that I built. Oh yeah, that was so we really could actually, nice. Yeah, so like, we could see the um, we could see the events actually coming in. Like when you would post an event to the API, it would put it out into the like the actual web browser using a, a Phoenix channel um, over a WebSocket. So it would actually like show the you know like the formatted JSON data in the browser basically in real time, which was uh, yeah, that was amazing. That was all there was all like two lines with, of code, right? There, there was yeah, nothing. just a couple couple lines, mostly boilerplate. Um, it was more than a couple lines, but it was more mostly boilerplate. Uh, Phoenix code, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, can I can I tell you guys a secret? Yeah, of course. The, the whole like event routing thing I did that was that was boilerplate too. I copied <laughs> most of it straight from the Elixir docs, and most of the oh time I spent on it was just trying to understand like how it all worked. Oh my gosh, Star. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> am I am I fired? Well, <laughs> well, while we're talking about copying and pasting, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, what did you copy and paste, Ben? Yeah, so what I copied. <laughs> we are experienced senior engineers here. <laughs> so yeah, so my job was the upside, right? And so I had to figure out like how we gonna get this into production. And uh, you know, I'm somewhat colored by having to keep a honey badger up and running all the time. So sometimes, uh, you know, I over engineer, but uh, I held back and. Uh, I just copy pasted a bunch of Docker stuff from the distillery documentation, which is fantastic. They have great examples on how to deploy to various uh, providers. And so I decided to run with the Docker version because, I mean, you can run a Docker container anywhere, right? So the Docker um, bit that I got from distillery was pretty cool. Uh, they talked about how you can uh, build, and this was kind of new to me. I, had, I, I haven't spent a lot of time with Docker, so uh, I got to learn about this, which was fun. Uh, you can build you know, your one image kind of like a, like a build image. And then you can use that build image in another image uh, so that you don't have to have all of those build artifacts along with the final image that you send out. So, you know, with Elixir, you got to do a lot of compiling. You got to have, you know, Erlang and all that stuff installed. And you might not need all those things in your final production image, right? So you can, uh, step one is you, is you compile the app using Mix and you get everything into a, into a release. 
uh, a tarball. And then the second step, the second image that you make, grabs that tarball, puts it in the right place, and then packages it up. So instead of having a few hundred megabytes worth of image, you can have, you know, like 40 or 50. I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, there's there's documentation on the distillery side about, about how to do that. And it, it works out pretty well. You know, the one trick being that you do really want to configure uh, your configuration of like, for example, intercom and, and, and drip have API keys that you have to use, right, to be able to talk to their services. So the only little kind of snag is that you want to have the Elixir application configured by a little code that actually hangs outside of the compilation step because those API keys aren't necessarily available when you're compiling, but they will be available when you run it in production. You toss a little code to the side there that loads those things from the environment at runtime rather than compile time so that you can configure on the fly with those API keys. So um, on the whole, what do you guys oh, think yeah. of Hackathon? Would That's you do it fun. again? Totally. Awesome. Yeah, it was great being able to, to work on something that didn't have to do serious stuff in production where, where we could fail and yeah. it didn't matter. So it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. All right. Well, th- I guess that wraps up our podcast. I think Ben has somewhere he has to be. So, uh... ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to ThunderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.